Hey everybody, welcome to the Roman Times. I am Roman. This is my guest for the day. It's been a big week for us. That's saying a lot because we're unemployed. So we're not like <laughs> doing a ton of shit. We saw two movies, two comedy specials, one of the comedy specials being live. First thing we saw, Turning Red. It's a new Pixar movie. Uh, streaming on Disney Plus. You might have seen the trailer. It's based in Toronto in the early 2000s. The gist of it is this girl in turning red, every time she feels strong emotion, good or bad, she turns into a giant red panda. That's why the movie's called Turning Red. I think they're saying this is the first Pixar movie set in Toronto. Obviously, there's like a lot of landmarks. You see the Sky Dome, like the streetcars, the CN Tower, all like the Toronto things that to us are boring, but I guess to other people, they're like, oh, that's Toronto. It's a good movie. It wasn't like the best Pixar movie, I thought, but what do you think? How good of a movie was it? Um, like a seven. Because I related to it more, I probably liked it more. Oh, oh so you have to be of a certain type of person to relate to it? Is that what we're saying here? Some people were like, I don't relate to like the specific people in this movie, which sounded a bit odd. So I wanted to go on Rotten Tomatoes and look at the reviews, see what people are saying, mm -hmm. specifically the audience score. And I was surprised that the audience score is quite a bit lower than the reviewers yeah. score. Yeah. Like reviewers give 95%. Pixar movies generally get like super high 90s. They're just well-made movies. And usually the audience score is really good too. And this one was like, Huh, interesting, 67%. So maybe it didn't connect with everyone. And it's fine to not like a movie, but the reason people didn't like the movie seemed kind of strange. There might be some spoilers, okay? I'm just gonna say that now. If there are, I'm letting you know. A few of the people are like unhappy with the movie as a kid's movie. And some of them, some of them are just like, it's a bad movie, not suitable for kids. Half a star. I didn't even know you could give half a star. Yeah. I thought you could only do like one. Mind you, this is a movie about a 12-year-old girl, Something I think. 12 or 13. 12, like a tween girl about yeah. a group of girls like going through puberty and growing up. But apparently not for kids. Inappropriate oh for children. Oh my goodness. So I'm like digging through. I'm like, can someone extrapolate on why exactly this Pixar movie is inappropriate for kids? Movie has humorous moments and lively characters which make it an attention grabber for kids. Unfortunately, some of those characters do come across annoying at times. My biggest issue with the movie is it's intended for an older audience. And while my youngest kid may be too small to really understand, my older kid was plagued, I assume they mean say plagued, by questions that were unnecessary for her age. She's seven. So parents are like upset that their little kids are like asking them questions about being yeah, a kid and that going they're like puberty. not ready to answer. This just <laughs> sounds like someone who's like, I was not ready to parent my child. Yeah. So I'm mad. And also, unfortunately, some of those characters do come across that annoying at times because, you know, 12 and 13 year old kids are not annoying ever. Exactly. Never. They're like fully formed adults. They're full angels. Yeah. Like it's it's a Pixar movie about kids being kids. The worst is they just are obsessed with a boy this band. Boy band like and they act obsessed the way that I acted yeah. at like age 8. Yeah. Over Spice Girls and Backstreet Boys. Yeah. If you were a child yourself, your damn self, you know what you experienced during the tween years. I guess some people just forgot. And now they're forced. They're like, fuck you, Disney, for putting me in the awkward position. Now I have to explain to my kid what going through puberty is. This person's like, we get, we're going to slowly get into the racism. Like the racism <laughs> is going to slowly start seeping in. 
the characters were not well developed and did not appeal to a broad range oh of audiences. Gosh. I could see a small niche enjoying the film. It was not enjoyable. Probably the worst Disney Pixar movie so far, filled with uncouth moments and unlikable characters. This is, I didn't realize these were going to be the reviews, but like, <laughs> I am turning red as we start. I thought this was a niche film for very niche people. And people on Twitter are pointing out that most of Pixar films, if you look at them logically, yeah. are not relatable. Like the guy who was like, yeah, I love Monster Zinc because I am a monster who works in a monster factory. Mm -hmm. I love Finding Nemo because I'm a fucking fish. Mm -hmm. Like most of these movies, specific kids movies, they're about some like silly, yeah. random thing. I don't relate to Aladdin or Jasmine. Yeah. I'm not rich with right. a pet tiger and I'm not <laughs> poor and like living in a shack, you know? Yeah, like, I didn't relate that's... to Ratatouille. I'm not French, nor a rat, nor am I a cook. Like you gave those examples. But a lot of Disney movies are centered around a race or a culture. Right. Like Moana was about, I think, yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, right? like a Polynesian girl. Yeah, Polynesian, I'm not Polynesian. girl. Aladdin, um, I mean, I'm not Aladdin. Mulan was not about a girl from Scarborough. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't. Not subject matter for young kids. Again, unrelatable characters. We turned it off. It looks like there are a lot of fake positive reviews about this movie. They all use the same outline. So this is like a conspiracy against this movie. Mm -hmm. That people think there's like, it's being pushed for like, woke reasons or whatever. And again, this is not like the greatest Pixar movie in the world. Way over the top with puberty scenes, oh especially goodness. for a Pixar Disney film. Reminded me of a Blue Sky Studios movie. Story was pretty good, but the panda scenes always removed me from the movie. It would have been a better film without the oh entire God. panda plot. So this person's like, <laughs> just do the movie without the entire central plot so of her being a red panda. Just make it about puberty then? Just make it about... But, but the puberty scenes were over the top. But also no puberty. So don't make it about puberty. Don't make it about this panda. who The girl turns into a panda when she experiences emotions. We'll get into that. Uh, just make it about nothing. I think this person is like, just make it about nothing. Like so many coming of age TV shows and movies have come and gone mm -hmm. that have depicted puberty in like way more raunchy ways than this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this had a scene where the panda was twerking. Like it was like a fat panda twerking. Like yeah. who cares? Like... I'm getting like 1960s vibes. From I know. These I like, know. Like we're going back in time. Like the world's going insane. This movie is terrible. The moral of the movie is to disobey your parents. There's way too much witchcraft. <laughs> it's very creepy. This movie might resonate with Asia. Finally, someone just has the balls to go, hey, too many Asians in the movie. But the plot was extremely predictable. I expected a lot more from a Pixar movie. So this is a person who's like, Amish, I'm assuming, from like the 18th century. There's like, I don't like the witchcraft. It's creepy. It's about disobeying your parents. It feels like people want just government propaganda as films. There are so many movies that are about rebel kids, like throughout the 80s, 90s, 2000s, that are about kids rebelling. But this is where people draw the line. We were not fans. This movie did not align with my family's values. Almost canceled Disney over it. I thought my Disney movie would be safe for a movie night in our house, but obviously it isn't. I'm so tired of this crap. Maybe their family values is like push everything down yeah. and never ever talk about yeah. puberty or dating or emotions or anything. Just push it. Just push yeah. it down. Well, the the director said like the movie is about <clears throat> her going through puberty and kind of discovering herself and being who she is rather than necessarily like being the person that her mom wants her to be. So what are your values that your kids should do exactly what you say. This one's short and sweet. I was bored, fell asleep, kids liked it, one star. I, I don't know what to make of these. Like, I guess not everyone liked it. I feel like 
this movie is not really that different from other Pixar movies, but for some reason, people are like picking their words very carefully about it. Even though literally in Moana, it's the same thing where like, I think her dad is telling her like not to go explore and whatever, look for, like she's trying to solve some problem and she's like, no, I'm gonna do it. Everyone's like, what an independent young woman. Look at her. This is a good movie for kids. Yeah, doesn't it, Mulan like rebel against her family's wishes and like yeah. run off to join the army? Yeah. Like it's very strange that they're picking these things to say about a Pixar and Disney movie that have already been done. It's just a very accurate representation of real life. Like the most raunchy thing is she sketches in her book, like her and some guy that she thinks is cute. Like very, and they're not like making out or banging, like yeah. very innocent <laughs> sketches of just like, oh, I wish he would like hug me, you know? I think a lot of parents with like the current political climate and everything that's going on a lot of people are like they think that every movie has this plot to like pervert and destroy their children i don't they, it's just parents who are not ready for that period of life with yeah. their children and haven't experienced it yet and are don't want to be parents like yeah kids are going to ask questions whether or not they're watching turning red with you or they see some shit happening on the school playground you like yeah. you think little kids don't kiss or something like like you should be happy that the kids are going to you and asking the questions so you can explain it. But the problem is all these parents are incompetent and they can't explain shit. Now to they gotta lie to their kids. Now they gotta be like, hey, you're whatever you feel, just bury it deep down. Don't ever bring it up with me again. Some like particularly <laughs> yeah. immigrant families yeah. don't bring this stuff up, and this film addresses that. And the creator, uh, I believe her name Domi Shi. In all the interviews and the press stuff, she's like, the movie's about puberty. And I think that's her like safe, reliable answer. But I think any kid of immigrants who watches this movie kind of understands what the movie's really about. And you might agree or not, but what the movie's really about is generational trauma and suppressing your emotions. That's what the red panda signifies. Mm -hmm. It's not just, I'm going through puberty, I'm, I'm becoming a red panda. Like, why yeah. is no one else becoming a red panda? In this little girl's family, every woman in her family, mm -hmm. going back to her like grandma, had her own red panda that come out in a fit of rage and destroy shit. And, and you know, you can you could pull a bunch of metaphors out of that, but it, what it's really about is people in those kinds of families that go that, that experience suppressed emotions in order to please their families, they end up bottling their their emotions mm -hmm. up until it fucking explodes. That's what the movie's really about. And I think a lot of people don't pick up on that because they're just, they didn't experience it personally or don't, aren't close enough to someone who has. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, I th I like, like started crying in just the intro part when she was talking about, when she's like, if you always honor your family and you forget to honor yourself, cause that like resonated with me in a, in a way. And with the suppressing your emotions, like in the film, all the other, women have like some sort of jewelry or something that they basically keep the red panda in. So it wouldn't even make sense that that's a representation of puberty because obviously they have all gone through yeah. puberty. It's, yeah. It is a representation of like shoving your emotions in. Yeah. So I actually think it's, it was nice because the way she, she kept her red panda, she learned how to manage her emotions. That's what she did. She regulated herself. So instead of like unleashing, she would like breathe and she would like try to be calm. And yeah. that's the thing that like immigrant parents don't teach you is like how to regulate your emotions. So I think the meaning is actually 
much deeper. And if you are a child of an immigrant parent, I think you like it'll resonate with you and you'll understand it. The the giveaway is that because this girl keeps her red panda, she is the first woman in her family to break the cycle mm -hmm. of being like, no, That's true. I'm yeah. not going to just push this red panda down into this like pendulum that all the other women have, where it just like lives trapped, like bottled up, like screaming i'm going to coexist with it which is a i think my interpretation of metaphor for emotional regulation because mm -hmm. yeah a lot of immigrant families due to the nature of their life and what they've gone through and they move to a new country there's a lot of there's a lot of negative emotions in the household there's a lot of screaming there's there's often fighting this movie is a reflection of like our changing population especially in a place like toronto that is like 50 percent immigrant mm -hmm. where half the population will literally go I know exactly what that is. I yeah, understand completely. It's true. And then the people that leave these reviews are like, this movie was offensive. And it's like, it's not really the point of the movie. Overall, good movie. Recommend it. Streaming on Disney Plus. Watch it. The theme is still movies about people with trauma. So we're moving <laughs> on to the Batman. And I was kind of on the fence about this movie because I'm not a huge fan when like a movie franchise has a, has a million people that have done it. Unlike something like Iron Man, where it's only been one person for yeah. 10 years. There's been many bad men yeah. uh, to varying popularity levels, just like James Bonds. You know, there's been so many James mm -hmm. Bonds. Every time a new James Bond, every generation a new James Bond comes out, people are like, I don't know about this. And I truly didn't know. I didn't know how Robert Pattinson was going to be as Batman. I didn't really know what they could do with the story that's new, what new themes they could introduce, how they could shoot it. But because I went in with these low expectations, I was very pleasantly surprised. The movie itself feels more like a detective movie, like a thriller. Uh, the way it's shot, it's beautifully shot. Characters are interesting. Like the world they've created in the movie feels like a dark comic book. Like, it feels mm -hmm. so different from other Batman movies. What did mm -hmm. you think? Yeah, I really liked it. I also had like low expectations. Not that I did any research, but you mentioned a couple things of like- I just bark things at you and yeah. that's your research. Um, You're like, oh, people said the the chemistry is not great between- Yeah, I, I try to avoid reviews and I don't mm -hmm. even say this is even movie reviews, more like a debrief. Mm -hmm. It is very different from all the other Batmans, a lot less superhero-y. Bat um, Batman. When I say Batmans? Batmans. <laughs> which I like as well. It, it didn't seem like a superhero movie. Like no, for people yeah. that are kind of like sick of the Marvel formula going in, it does not feel like that at all. Mm -hmm. It kind of had like a, a film noir feeling to it. Yeah, and there's like a few reasons for that. Like we talked about how the even the costume of both Batman and Catwoman, they weren't like so innovative and overly done, and but it was more like realistic. Gritty. Yeah, more yeah. gritty. I like that it was like a budget Batman. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the Christopher Nolan Batman, like the Christian Bale Batman. He was like, he was too swagged out. Like he a had Mission like a, Impossible Yeah, he had Batman. like a flying yeah. spaceship and like so many gadgets. And, and the other thing with that Batman is the Chris, Christian Bale Batman, he was like a ninja where he trained with ninjas and he was like very technical and slick. The Robert Patterson Batman, he's more just like, he just punches guys in the face mm -hmm. like it was gritty he just beats the shit out of everybody any villain in this movie as much as they jaywalk batman would just beat the <laughs> fuck out of him he'd punch him in the face like 50 yeah. times this felt like he was kind of like batman trying to solve a crime and robert patterson did a good job of like acting with his eyes this yeah. batman is just straight up miserable as fuck his parents are dead he has no friends he's not he's not getting no bitches do you know what i mean he's a miserable batman mm -hmm. and that was kind of more I think realistic and relatable yeah. than the, the other Batman. And the one thing that I noticed right away, which I really appreciated, was that he did not go like so extra with his Batman voice. Yeah. Like his Batman voice and his regular voice were kind of the same. It was not overdone. It wasn't like, 
Hey, now I'm Batman, yeah. so I gotta talk differently. It's just become cliche, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the director, Matt Reeves, did a good job, like, trying to avoid the cliches. A couple still mm -hmm. snuck in. You know, there's that one scene where Catwoman is like, oh, these privileged white motherfuckers. And it kind of, like, That's not even briefly, a cliche, though. That's just, like, the woke. Yeah, it kind of, like, yeah. briefly takes you out of the movie. But I think the movie's still net good overall. It's still a solid movie. The characters were great. Like, the story was good. The world that they built was great. Visually, I thought it looked beautiful. The movie itself ran for three hours, which I thought was kind of long. Infinity War was three hours, you know, and that was like a combination of so many stories coming together. I think it was good character development. Like it was focused, like you said, it's not him trying to be some suave guy. Like yeah. it is actually more just focused on the Batman himself yeah, um, and who he is and not having some like unnecessary side love story. Good. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about the work. Well, going to the streets and doing the work, which yeah. he does. Yeah. And lastly, I'll say, I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised that the Batman wasn't, like, incredibly fucking juiced out of his mind. He just kind of looks more like a normal vigilante. Mm -hmm. He's not built like Thor. Definitely worth a watch, especially in theaters. It's like Yeah, it's definitely movie, a theater movie. Great movie for yeah. the theater. Also a movie about depression. So all these movies, the common theme is just trauma and depression. Seems like, like it's the only thing we connect with as people. We're like, is the main character repressed? depressed or anxious like that is what i connect with if he's happy i have no interest in this movie anyway batman is hella sad in this movie we liked it we saw tim dylan last night live in toronto at the what used to be the sony center it's called the meridian center now and for me this was like my first live show in i don't know how many years like a few mm -hmm. years four years ago i saw john mulaney at the sony center that was great i've seen live stand-up before it's great but it felt weird being back in a venue with that many people, it was a two thousand person venue. It was packed. It was huge. Yeah. People were screaming, like the energy was insane. People were pent up. Like I felt like we were at a rally. People really? were ready to laugh. Yeah. Oh people. well, that's just Tim Dillon's audience. Tim Dillon's though. audience. I don't I didn't know what to expect. Tim Dillon was a podcaster we've been listening to for like the last almost couple of years now. And when you're listening to a podcaster or a comedian, you don't know what his fan base is like. You're just like, Well, I watch it. I don't know who else watches it. Like, I didn't know anybody else who was a fan. So I'm thinking, maybe his whole audience is insane. Like, the pacing of the jokes was really good. Mm -hmm. If we compare it to some stand-ups that we have seen, where mm -hmm. they, like, say a joke and then wait, like, eight seconds to let the joke sink in, to stretch out the time. Mm -hmm. Like, Tim Dillon did a one hour, but it didn't feel like it was stretched out, like, bloated to one hour. It was, like, more or less a tight one hour. Yeah, it, it felt more like a podcast, but obviously like more jokes per more minute. More punchlines, yeah. Yeah, and, and then there set. was like the physical humor, so that was funny. It was really good. It was better than I thought it would be because we've seen some of his like older stand-up, but it was good. It was really funny. How would you describe Tim as a person, as a comedian? Like if somebody didn't know who he was, how would you pitch him? He's real. That's what made us like him. Yeah. Like he's just authentic. He's yeah. honest. Like personally, one of the things I like is so many comedians, they kind of like choose one specific way of thinking and they just run with it and they try to use it to appeal to only other people who feel like them. They could be like, oh, I'm only gonna appeal to people on the left or on the right. But Tim just kind of makes fun of everything, mm -hmm. including himself. Like he just yeah. throws everything. And if you're a person who also has self-deprecating humor and you don't take yourself too seriously and you don't take life too seriously, I feel like that's the kind of comedian you connect with. Like yeah. I certainly did. And he's like, well, he's also not afraid to make jokes. Like he yeah. will, like you said, he'll joke about anything. Yeah. Whereas a lot of 
comedians censor themselves now and like yeah. censor jokes are not really funny they're not cautious so, comedy is not yeah funny. It's, it's just not comedy anymore yeah and, yeah. and tim's kind of like one of those last few guys kind of like a bill burr kind of like a louis ck like uh back in the day like chris rock george carlin doug stanhope like all these stand-ups i grew up watching and loving he's kind of reminiscent of that where he just doesn't give a fuck he doesn't pander to any one specific crowd he just whatever says whatever he wants it is all jokes. It is all humor. But he's also like the second top earner on Patreon. Yeah, people clearly connect with it. Yeah. Like people clearly, it, it, I think it for some people it boils their blood when they see a comedian that they they consider despicable, but they see so many people connect with it that it kind of, they get this cognitive dissonance. They're like, wait a minute, am I the problem or is everyone else the problem? And they, they decide everyone else is the problem. Mm. So I think people are pissed off. Like how does a person like this have such a following? I mean, it was a great show. Great energy. Uh, definitely wouldn't be for everybody, but this is definitely like, I think one of the up and coming comedians. I mean, he's been coming. Yeah. For yeah. a while. He's going to be big. He says a lot of shit that won't get him mainstream. <laughs> you might not see him in movies. He's not going to be in like Turning Red 2 as one of the pandas. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be. He's kind of one of those independent creators on Patreon that makes a living saying what they want. He has a fan base that likes it. Not every comedian has to be Kevin Hart selling mm -hmm. out the ACC, mm -hmm. you know, like, or selling out the yeah. Sky Dome. Like, yeah. some comedians, like, they're not for everybody. They're just real and either connects with people or it doesn't. He, he knows, like, a lot of girlfriends got dragged to the show. Like, you look <laughs> around, there's a lot of, like, hostage girlfriends, like, with their partner, like... I went to the show. But I there was know. also like groups of girls. There, there was also of girls. groups of girls. It was an, were... I was surprised by the fan base. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know what to expect. I genuinely was concerned like these are all going to be domestic terrorists. Like I didn't know <laughs> what to think. I talked to one of the fans like before the show and he's also just kind of like that same sense of humor kind of like silly guy. Yeah, There's people yeah. who like to have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second comedian we watched, we just watched um, Taylor tomlinson's new special netflix and taylor's been around a while she's had a few specials she's been on my radar and i've kind of always known of her and i liked her stuff and i thought she was funny i mean the theme of this episode basically <laughs> should just be trauma we, we yeah, we're reviewing we're reviewing trauma trauma runs the world apparently it's the most popular commodity in the world it's very relatable it's very relatable and taylor's uh new special is basically all about her trauma and she even said like she almost did not want to talk about it, but she needed new material. So she's like, let's talk about it. Talk about therapy and medications and breakups and her dead mom and all this like very super difficult. Super Catholic dad. Super Catholic dad. Like all this shit that is like, I guess would be uncomfortable for a lot of people. But again, we like that kind of comedy. Like we like well, the real. raw, yeah. real comedy mm -hmm. that is about uncomfortable things. I feel like there's a lot of female comedians who base their jokes around sex and dick jokes and like being uncouth as yeah. a female. Because they think that's like what guys like. Uh, not even guys, but just it's what not anymore is different, but what once was different. Like, oh shit, a girl saying this thing? Like mm. now it's like girl locker room conversation, which it's like why people like- um, Call her daddy. Call her daddy, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was a bit more personal, I guess, about, you know, there are there's stuff about sex, whatever, but what she talks about is more like her experience and how being raised super Catholic, like, you know, affected her kind of experience with sex. It was funny. It was um, clever, I think. It was it was a bit more of actual, like, clever humor. And, and not trying to be funny in simply... There's also some some comedians 
who just try to be funny simply in their delivery. You know, she was just speaking normally, but the things that she were saying were funny, right? We watched the Ali Wong special before too, and it was good, but like the way she was delivering everything was so slow and just very intentional to make sure you get the joke that she's saying. Um, It definitely content-wise, if she spoke normally, would have been a lot shorter. You know, like she Mm. she didn't actually have that much content. Yeah, because she was talking so slow. Taylor's more, the jokes had more substance. Like I did laugh out loud at certain parts because they were just witty. Like they were just well-constructed, smart, funny jokes. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. you would think is what comedy is supposed to be. But a lot of comedy is just people talking about their balls and taking a shit and like (laughs) there is that whole category of comedy there's many different categories the lesson from all this is just go into things not expecting anything yeah that's true straight up whether you're watching a movie or a stand-up show i've just stopped expecting it i've just i'd go in with an open mind and if it's funny it's fun if it's good it's good if not it's not and that's like i've net walked away with more positive emotions and experiences same from that. everything we talked about i had no expectations yeah no expectations and approach mm-hmm. this podcast the same way <laughs> turn it on be like who are these two goofballs uh i'm gonna give this a chance and maybe it's good maybe it's not anyway that was this week's media roundup i don't know if we're always gonna have a packed week like this it's a good week for movies and comedy hopefully more good stuff coming out soon That is it. I was going to have some sort of call to action, but fuck that. (laughs) If you like this video, like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time.